You're listening to Awaken with Angus Ford Robertson. Exploring humanity's greatest mystery, awakening through awareness. Hello, greetings and welcome. Season 2, Episode 6. How are you doing? So last week was uh, an interesting one with our man Pete Russell, best-selling author and uh, phenomenal spiritual teacher that he is. He took us into suffering, psychedelics and dodgy shamans. Mm. This week, Pete and I explore one of the great spiritual conundrums of all time, the issue of free will. Do we have it? Does it exist? Or is it an illusion? Or as Pete calls it, a delusion? If you've never considered this question before, and maybe you're not quite sure how it even relates to spiritual inquiry, then I think you're in for a treat. Of course, this conversation should really come with a a tongue-in-cheek health warning because, well, let's face it, it can kind of fry your noodle when you discover that uh, free will doesn't actually exist, at least not in the way that we perhaps thought it did. Okay, that's quite enough from me. Let's jump straight into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Now, this next one, Pete, um, you know, is is something I've been wanting to put to you and uh, <laughs> hear you speak about for quite some time. Um some folk listening to this podcast may well have already stumbled across Pete's amazing site where he has uh, some very uh, wise words about this topic. And the topic is free will. Uh-huh. <laughs> very, yes. Uh-huh. Free will. Free will. Uh, so before we get stuck into this, mm-hmm. can you just first of all frame this next little piece with why is this of interest? Why would free will be something that is uh, on our radar, as it were, as it were, as, as spiritual, spiritually minded folk? Why is free will of interest? How did it come about? For how long have people been quizzing it and questioning it? Uh, there we go. Just a few small questions, Pete. If you could okay. answer that in okay. five minutes, there um, we go. <laughs> why is it the interest? I think um, the current interest really is we clearly all experience free will. We all experience making choices. So the experience of free will is very real and alive in everybody. And we live in a scientific worldview, not scientific, but a worldview that is a causal worldview that says everything is caused by something else. And when I choose to, you know, do something, choose an item from a menu, that is my free will operating. It is not my conditioning. I am making a free choice. So there is this paradox, which I started exploring when I was a teenager at school. I mean, there were two favorite topics for debate. One was the brain-mind problem, which is like, how does consciousness arise? That sort of thing. It's now called the hard problem of consciousness. And the other was the free will, and debated it a lot. 
So it was of interest to me as a teenager, I think to many people, when I mentioned it, everybody's interested. Do we or don't we have free will? That's the right, question. Right, right. Now it came from, my understanding is St. Augustine. Hmm. And up until then, you know, the world was, God decided everything and sort of, we didn't really have free will. Everything was the will of God. And yet if God, the way St. Augustine's argument go, and I'm not even paraphrasing it, this is like very loose. Yeah. He said, okay, why do we suffer? If, if God is almighty and loving and everything like that, um, and is in, in control of everything, why do, why do we suffer? Why do we suffer? And he came up with the idea basically because we fuck things up and that we have free will. We have free will to do things and that, so he was he was the first person that I know, and it may go back. And maybe the, there's probably Greek philosophers, etc., who touched on. I'm sure there are, but he brought it into the, into the Christian tradition. There was free will, and so that that's where it sort of came from, from the idea of God being Almighty, looking after us. Mm. That we had to have free will in order to escape that. Um, but it's been many philosophers have looked at it and tackled at it. It's, it's a deep philosophical problem. What year would uh, Augustine have been? Oh, don't, 13th, 14th okay. century? Okay, so the Spinozas and all those crew were 300 years later. Yeah, yeah. And and how, just, I have to go just mention that, because uh, did you find Spinoza uh, almost impenetrable? Please say yes. 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 I found it I can't remember what he said on free will. <laughs> gobbledygook i got the book and i thought yes this is going to be great it was rubbish i couldn't make out a single word that he was saying in it um but that supposedly was the first defining word or uh, well some people say on uh, on free will but i forgive me i interrupt carry on so that's yeah. that's, that's i don't know you know i don't know so much i mean i probably did in the past but about all the different philosophical approaches um mm. My own approach is, yes, we have the experience of free will. And it looks like everything is causally related. So I take the example of, take, take the menu example. We go into a restaurant mm -hmm. and you're going to choose. We use the word choice. And this is important, mm -hmm. a free choice. We're going to choose what to eat. And we look through the menu and basically I'm not eating red meat. And I don't like chicken unless it's really organic. And I look through and, well, that, you know, that immediately gets rid of two-thirds of the menu. And I'm looking through, it's not a vegetarian restaurant. And I look through more and it's like, I don't like that particular spice. And I had that and that's got too much carb in it. But this is nice. But I did have fish yesterday. Um, I think I'll have this one. Mm. Now, you experience that as free choice. You've chosen what you're going to have. And the person comes around and says, what you're going to have? You say, I... I've chosen this. You have made a decision, not a choice, free choice. I would say you have made a decision, and that decision has been conditioned by all these different things, that you're not eating meat and this and what you had yesterday and what you like and don't like. There's a decision-making process going on at the start of which you have no idea of the outcome. And as you go through this decision-making process, the outcome emerges, and you feel you have chosen but it's actually the outcome emerges and you then come to the, the end of the decision-making process. So there's certainly a lot of decision-making going on the whole time. Now, the question is, 
you know, is that a free choice? I would say no in that sense. It's a conditioned choice. And the second thing is, if you have free will, and this is going to take us much, much deeper into stuff, there must be a self that is choosing. If I have free will, then, then the I can choose. But w what is this I that chooses? I mean, if you look at most, you know, spiritual traditions, what they come up to, come up with time and time again in the end is, this self is itself an illusion. It's something we assume we have, and it's, ex it's an experience we have. I certainly have the experience of being a self, but that itself, it's a very, very, very real experience, but that is itself something we, that is constructed in our experience. So if ultimately there is no self, then there is no thing that is choosing. There's the experience of being a self that makes a choice. But that mm. is another constructed experience <laughs> in consciousness. And so that, to me, again, is, is something else to consider when we're looking at, at this whole debate. So where I am now with it is like I've taken this a step further for myself, the sort of practical value. So if everything, if everything is conditioned, my thoughts, my choices, and all of that is conditioned by past experience, do I have any, is there anywhere where any sense of choice comes in? And what's come up for me, there are points when I can choose not to choose. Now, it may sound paradoxical, but the way I explore this is with my own my own inner stories. We could talk about stories, the thoughts, the stories I get stuck in. Now, when I notice a story, you know, I can just go along with it, follow it, and go on about whatever it is, what I'm going to do, or how exciting yesterday was, and go through the story. But when I realize I am caught in a story, I can choose not to follow it any further. So I can choose not to go there. So it, if I have a choice, or if I actually have a choice about what, you know, whether to follow it or whether to get into a certain story, I can... I can choose not to go there. So I'm not choosing to do something, which is the way we normally think of free choice. I'm choosing to do this, to select something to eat, to go to the market, whatever. I can choose to. This is choosing not to do something. So you're not actually making a choice for any particular outcome. You are choosing not to pursue a certain direction. And with that comes a real sense of freedom. It's like, ah. I'm released from that story, that anxiety or that excitement that I was getting caught up in. I'm released from that. So it's a, it's a sense of choosing not to choose, choosing not to do something that I find actually really, really beneficial. Now, one could argue that even that is determined by past events and all of this mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. What the hell? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can just, um, so in a sense, summarize a few points there, because I want to see uh, if I've got you right and to see, you know, where, where we're crossing over with this. So would I be right in saying your view is that 
um, the conditioned mind by its very nature cannot be part of free will because it's conditioned. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. We're totally, I'm totally in agreement with you on that. And would you also, almost as a corollary, uh, where I've got to on this now, and I'm curious if you're feeling similarly, is that only in the utterly unconditioned, in brackets, awareness, just consciousness, yep. might there be some aspect of um, choice, <laughs> paradoxically? But maybe that's the choice of God. Hmm. Just in pure yeah. awareness, consciousness, no mind. If there's no mind and no activity, there is no choosing going on. As I see it, there is just resting in stillness, resting in being, whatever you want to call it. Then Could there not be movement in that awareness? movement comes into that awareness if it's pure awareness technically there wouldn't be any movement i think it's, I mean, it's a whole other subject mm. but it's pure awareness mm -hmm. but technically there would no be no movement movement comes in stirred by conditioning in right. one way or another and then when that right. movement creeps in the opportunity to make an apparent choice the opportunity to make a decision comes in so that, it's a tricky subject when we talk about pure awareness because we can easily get, I think, slightly misled with, it, misled with a lot of the spiritual stuff that's talked about. But let's leave sure. that to time for now. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm wondering whether I'm going to sort of loop back, in a sense, to the beginning of the conversation just to check that uh, the folk listening to this understand why this is of interest. And certainly for me, free will is of interest because so much of the spiritual journey seems to be a revealing that we're, we're just a conditioned set of responses. You know, whether that's conditioned from your parents or adverse experiences at a boarding school or whatever the heck it is, you know, we discover at certain points in our evolution, wow, this isn't actually me and I'm not even choosing something. It's, it's all conditioned and that none of it's free will we're, as my dear old teacher faust used to say we're basically just elaborate jack-in-a-boxes you know we press this button boom press that button bada boom you know everything's just reactions right. there's no free will so this conversation that you're you guys are listening to with pete now is it's utterly fascinating for me because you discover once again that the therapeutic and the spiritual are wholly aligned on this issue, that right. we're not actually operating from free will. But we seem to be aiming for that. And then the question is, well, how and is that possible? <laughs> right, right, right. And several comments on that. Yes, please, please, please. Firstly, I just want to emphasise... We all experience free will. We all experience choosing. We couldn't, we, we can't. It's the way we live life. It's absolutely part of our mental functioning to experience making decisions, which we call free will. So we live, we all live as if we have free will. You know, mm. you, you decide, you know, what question you're going to ask me. There's mm. your, and that comes as a, you know, it is all conditioned, but we live with free will i just really want to emphasize that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is ultimately an illusion 
but it's real. It's absolutely real. Hold on, unpack that for me. That's just fried my noodle, Pete. It's real, <laughs> but it's an, it's an illusion. Say more. Yes. I mean, okay, take an illusion, like, okay, classic, mirage in the desert. Mm -hmm. We can understand that it's all to do with different temperatures of different air, air layers and mm -hmm. how the air gets refracted from the surface. But the experience of seeing water is very, very real. So the illusion ah, okay. is, the illusion is, it's actually a better translation of the word illusion is delusion. We are deluded into thinking what is there. So hmm. you see water, the delusion is what we're actually seeing is air currents, different temperatures. That's interpreting that. So with free will, it is very, very real, like the water in a mirage. It's real. Its ultimate source, we are deluded into thinking we actually have free will because, you know, what we're saying about the conditioned mind gives us the experience of decision-making, which we assume is making a choice. So... Hmm. Yeah, got it. Then, so, okay. I can't remember what you were saying. This is my response to it. That's okay. No, take your <laughs> no, no, time. No, no, we're we're going quite deep, and I love, I love yeah. that actually it's very important in these conversations right. that we both give each other time right. to just feel into what needs to come up. There's a few right. things that are percolating up, but I'm going to give you more time right. just to feel into it. We're exploring. Well, I, I was going into, uh, yeah. I was explaining, of course, that, Free will as a subject is so interesting because much of our life we discover is completely conditioned by the past. Right. And then we want to discover, well, hold on, can I find that free will, that freedom? Right. And if so, how? Is it real? Right. Is it possible? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So well, the question I want to explore is why do we why do we like the idea of having free will. Why is it so important to us that we do make choices? And for this, it comes back to, ultimately, I think in the final analysis, everything we do, every choice we make, we do because we are looking for a better state of mind, a more contented, happier, more joyful, more loving, more easeful state of mind. We're not looking for pain or suffering. And this is what the Dalai Lama said, you know, in the final analysis, every human being is seeking peace of mind. So that, that's what we're ultimately looking for. And that's why we want free choice, because it's going to help us have peace of mind. I want to choose the dish from the menu that I like. I don't want a lump of steak served up in front of me. So I, I want free will to choose to make my life go better. Right. But one may say, of course, that that's egoic free will. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 Yes. And uh, go on, you carry on. You carry on. I've got something yeah. to come back with in a minute. Yeah. Okay. That's egoic free will. Yeah, it is. And But this is the free will we have for most of us, the free will that we live by and that we want and we cherish mm. because we cherish it because it means we're going to, have a better life. We're going to feel right. better. We're not going to suffer. When you, and yet it causes a lot, we all know it causes a lot of suffering. We've talked about this, I'm sure we will do again. Our stories, mm. our choices, what we get into, what we want, actually causes a lot of, maybe not abject suffering, but the suffering light, mm. the discontent, the dissatisfaction. When we let go of that, and in a way, it's another interpretation of 
free will. We have freedom from that egoic will. When we have freedom from egoic will, that's sort of a different sense of free will. The will is free, and we drop back into our beingness, our presence, whatever. We drop back into what it is we've been looking for all along. And it's like, and you no longer need free will. And it comes back to this thing of, you know, choosing not to choose. When we choose not to get caught up in all that stuff that's actually distracting us and creating dissatisfaction, when we choose not to go there and drop back into our beingness, we actually drop back into what we've been looking for all along, but thinking it was going to come by getting the right menu choice, whatever it was, all these things we, we mull over. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. You, you wanted to go, let me pause there. Yeah, I, I, you've got me deep in thought. And my response is, well, I want to respond actually to your question, uh, which I love, your question of uh, why are we so bloody interested in free will anyway? Uh, and of course, you've answered that. Uh, we, we're trying to avoid the dissatisfaction and feel like we have uh, a sense of peace of mind and autonomy and so on. Yeah. I would also like to frame it uh, with the word, we don't want to be trapped. And I think uh, as you were talking, there was all sorts of images coming up. Uh, Groundhog Day, Truman Show, The Matrix, all of these movies and 20 others that have become massive global phenomena uh, are actually the, the metaphor, the story, the uh, allegory of what we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Are we trapped in the fucking TV show? Are we in the little pod uh, pretending to have a life but actually just lost in the head? Are we just repeating the same stories? Yes, yes, yes. This is the truth. <laughs> right, right. And waking up is recognising that. That right. we're trapped. We're trapped in our... Oh, what's the word you use? But anyway, we're, we're trapped in this TV show of our own mind. Yeah, yes. We're trapped in it. And we think it's real. We think it's a reality show. Yeah. So we do all this stuff. Yeah. Until, Until we throw a rock at the far screen and it goes... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're, and what we're looking for is freedom. We're looking for freedom. But we mistake freedom for... We think of freedom as freedom to... I want mm. the freedom to do this. I want the freedom to do that, to say what I want, to make my own choices. What we're really looking for is freedom from. Oh, I like that, Pete. That's, let me write that down. That's awesome. Freedom, freedom to, from to all freedom that from. stuff that keeps us trapped. Yes. So when we're yes. trapped, we're looking for freedom from the trap. But what we really want is freedom. We're looking for freedom in the trap, freedom to do what we, we feel trapped. What we really want is freedom from being trapped. Oh, God. That's good, Pete. I'm liking that very much. <gasps> freedom to, to freedom from. You heard it here first, first folks. Yeah, lovely, beautifully put. Ah, okay, well, let's um, let's just take a breath there because I think we've there's obviously tons more we could explore with free will, but let's just take a little breath and see where we go next. So that concludes episode six of season two, the subject of free will. Honestly, I've still got little goosebumps from that last point that Pete made. Just beautiful. We're moving from freedom to to freedom from. 
Next week, episode seven with Pete Russell, we move into very personal, tender territory as I start to quiz Pete on what is it that you wish you'd known all those years ago that would have had such an impact on the rest of your life? He gives a beautiful answer to that, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation very much. Till then, see you next time. You've been listening to Awaken with Angus Ford Robertson. To join my Awaken program, please visit angusfordrobertson.com.